Hello and welcome to the Barcast. I'm your host, Nick Barr. It's December 22nd. It's a Christmas miracle. It's the Barcast. Um, I had to do a last minute check-in um, with you all because I just saw Rogue One and I saw it at one of these new fancy theaters where you sit and they bring you food and drink throughout the show. Um, so I definitely partook and, uh, one of the byproducts of this setup was you get these order cards where you write down, I'm looking at my order cards right now, write your food and beverage order on this card, place upright in the railing for your server to see. Need a refill? Disruptive neighbor? Raise a new card for anything else you need. So that's the setup. So you get all these cards with these pens. And so like it's almost an invitation to become a film critic, which after two IPAs, I decided to do. And I started writing down my impressions in shorthand on these order cards. And so uh, the uh, bar cast you're about to hear is my um, hot take uh, as captured on two order cards. Uh, so there's a really good chance you're not going to want to listen to this. I would say there's a 100% chance you don't want to listen to this if you haven't seen Rogue One. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Uh, I really recommend it. And then... Watch it, and when when you're done, come back and listen to this barcast. If you have seen it, I can't really recommend this to you. This is going to be one of the sloppiest barcasts ever. But we're just going to go through whatever I wrote and uh, talk about my uh, my impressions, whatever I was feeling at this time. And and we can't start with a stronger uh, uh, phrase than "cute Asian baby." So I know exactly what this is referring to. There was like a scene in that city that. Uh, would later get blown up, um, sort of like a outlaw city, and gunfire starts to break out, and there's this cute little fat-cheeked Asian girl, two years old, I don't know how old, crying, and it's just like, not even for a second did I think that baby was going to get killed, like even though she's in the middle of a gunfight, like you just know that that baby exists so that the hero can do something heroic, and that's exactly what happened. Um, my next thing is Mads. Um, Mads, what is that guy's name? He's he's the father of the girl. Um, he is in a bunch of great movies. He's in that James Bond movie, Casino Royale, with the bleeding eye. Le Chouf, I think his name is. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen or something like that. He's such a great actor. It was cool to see him in sort of a heroic role. And then my next thing is Ito Mama which is the film that the leading guy, Diego Luna, I think his name is, is most famous from. It was cool to see him. His nose looked very broken in this film, and that was interesting. Um, my next line, Sassy Robot. Yeah, that, that robot was really cool. Like, I think I say this somewhere else, but like the comic timing of that robot was so interesting. Like, the robot was human in the most unexpected way. There have been sassy robots before, uh, there's, uh, the, what's his name? The paranoid Android from Hitchhiker's Guide. So there, I mean, there's a legacy there, but this guy had something special going on. I thought he was really great. Um, my next line is about, you know, so we were in the city and we meet the, uh, sort of mystical Jedi who's blind and he's Asian. He has a, he's a staff. Um, his his homie, who's also Asian, is sort of more of like a bully. 
And I, I, I like these characters a lot, but I also thought there was like a little bit of a missed racial opportunity in the sense that they were both exactly the stereotypical race that you would think of. So, you know, if you have one guy who's mystical and Kung Fu-y and uh, chants to himself and has sort of a twisted sense of humor, you know, you've got that old Asian master in mind and that's exactly who that was. And the other guy was sort of Mongolian looking. He's sort of the warrior, barbarian type. Um, and he had like the long hair to boot. And so I, as much as I love these characters, it would have been cool to see them sort of invert something. Obviously, I'm not your <laughs> go-to uh, racial race a race professional. Um, so these are impressions and not judgments. I was laughing a lot during this movie. Uh, it was really over the top. Um, and had explicit comic relief, but then when Forrest Whitaker comes in, oh my, I mean, he is so good. Uh, I think he is like one of the most underrated actors. Um, there's a lot of the ghost dog vibe from this film, especially when Forrest Whitaker dies um, and sort of faces his death. Uh, that was very ghost doggy to me. And uh, he, I mean, he also just reminded me from The Shield and that movie where he plays the uh, Ugandan deck dictator he's he's pretty rad and i love his respirator which was like darth vader ish like he's in he's almost on the vader spectrum i thought that was a cool thing um and uh i okay the last couple things on this page uh there's some there's a some character who looked exactly like sam beckett and i, I was like man like has there been a samuel beckett biopic if not there should be and this guy should be him um, and then the last, the last note on this page is just about what was cool from like the first act or so is like, you just start to appreciate that every character is super imperfect, that, um, it didn't have like the heft of the real Star Wars movies of like, okay, well this person is the chosen one or special, like everyone was sort of, uh, gray, um, you know, right from Diego Luna at the very beginning, like shooting that informant in the back you're like oh okay like we're in uh ambiguous territory and i, I really like that um okay moving on to the second order card of notes uh i don't know what do you guys think is this is this a good movie review these are like impressions i don't know if the av club has like after it does its review it does these bullet points of impressions that i i like so maybe this is in that spirit um, yeah, so I, I, throughout this movie, I had no idea where it fit into the Star Wars lore until we started to really figure out the Death Star because I was confused, like, well, why aren't they calling it a Death Star? They're like, it's a, it's a planet killer. I'm like, do you mean the Death Star? Um, so only in the second half with Darth Vader, I was like, oh, okay, I kind of get it. Um, I did have... Uh, one of those meta moments. I'm, I'm really not one of those people who's like, Oh, it would never happen this way in real life. I just don't like think that way during the film. And so these things don't take me out of the suspended disbelief is that what they call it, whatever. But, uh, I did notice early in the film, some guy was in prison and they were like, they shot the console and then the prison door opened. And I was like, that's, that's odd because, if I was designing that prison door, I'd be like, by default, you know, if my systems fail, it should be, it should be locked. 
Um, but anyway, they shot it open. And I was like, that's fine. But then later in the film, they used the same exact thing. This robot shot the console to lock another door. And so then I, then that was the moment where I was like, all right, something fucked up here because, uh, in some cases you can shoot a console to lock it. In some cases you can shoot a console to unlock it. So then no one would ever shoot a console knowing what was going to happen. You know, you'd have to act it out in a way of like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm shooting it anyway. So, uh, that's, that's where my suspension of disbelief ended. <laughs> um, oh, now, now I need to look something up to find out how like, uh, inappropriate it's going to be. So bear with me. I guess I'll have to tell you at some point what I'm doing. Um, unless I edit this, this whole part out. <laughs> But I guess uh, let's assume I'm not editing it out. So I'm gonna um, googling the night of because I thought maybe this pilot guy who is in the night of was also in Rogue One, but I, I never saw the night of. So like I'm, I don't want to put that much pressure on myself. You know what I'm saying? Like it's okay to just say, "Oh, was that the same guy?" Um, when you when all you have to go on is a trailer. Um, yeah, okay. I think I, uh, I think I got away with one here. Riz Ahmed, also known as Riz MC, a British actor and rapper. He's, he's definitely in Rogue One. Is he in the night of? Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm good. What's cool is like when I saw him, he looked sort of so desperate and fragile that I associated him with the night of. And so like, there was something about him that was heftier, that character. I, I think it was just because I've seen these intense HBO trailers. And so there was something special about the pilot. Um, uh, going back to the ambiguity stuff at some point, Diego Luna, the, the main guy and, and the girl Jin or something getting like a big fight. Cause I think they just, her father just died, but uh, she's blaming Diego. But Diego says, "Like, look, I was I, I disobeyed and I didn't assassinate him." Anyway, doesn't matter. It was just it was a cool moment because it was like there was no clear. Both both points were valid, and it was just going back to that ambiguity. Like there was a lot of gray in this film, which I thought was really cool. And it was around this time too that I started to realize, like, oh shit, like all of these characters are dispensable. Like none of them are guaranteed to make it because none of them figure into the trilogy. Um, so that was, that was cool. And that ended up getting played out, right? Because uh, Diego Luna, I mean, they all, I think they all die. Does any character survive? Uh, I mean, it ends in this really hardcore way with Darth Vader, like lightsabering the shit out of everyone. Um, and Diego Luna and the girl hug it out as their planet gets destroyed. So it was like pretty, um, it was a pretty melodramatic ending, which I, which I appreciated, but it was around that point where I was like, Oh yeah, like all these characters are gray and their futures are gray. And I, I appreciated that. Um, let's power through the rest of these notes because uh, I'm getting bored. So I can't even imagine how bored you're getting. Um, I did think the R2-D2 and C-3PO appearances were pretty whack. I think there were some other appearances that weren't, that like fans would know, like maybe the fish guy is the same or, or something, but I didn't really um, get on that. 
I love that train. There was like a little shuttle that took you from the beach to the main antenna tower. I thought that was really cool. Uh, it reminded me of the Hideo Kojima game. Some characters seemed stolen out of Journey, but then I thought maybe Journey stole it from those characters. Um, and uh, th- I think that's about it. Let's see, what else? I, I really liked the ATATs, like when their legs give out. I don't know, for some reason, those animations I thought were super cool. Um, and then finally, just a, as a note, I did watch it in 2D, and I was happy to have seen it in 2D. Um, that would be my recommendation. Um, I think we're going to end it right here with uh, the first ever film review on the Barcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the film. And uh, now I'm really going to see you in the new year. Take care.